Hello, you are listening to the Zero Waste episode of Tech Drops with Timbot and Brian. Is it practical? Is it sustainable? Find out what we did in January. Let's get into it. Okay, everyone, welcome to Tech Drops, the show that keeps you up to date with technology and things happening in the maker scene. This one is a little bit of a special edition. I thought I could kick things off by sort of introducing a subject that a lot of people are paying attention to uh, these days, which um, is, is waste. It's in the news a lot. People are concerned um, and wanting to know how they can cut down on the amount of waste they generate. Uh, have you noticed that as well, Brian? I mean, yeah, it weighs heavily on a lot of our psyches, and it's it's good that it's uh, it's in the mainstream. And um, it would be nicer if we could see it in practice more. And uh, it's just like peer to peer, like people got to just encourage each other. Like you, you inspire me every time you kind of bring up ways that you reduce waste. And I think this is a great topic for a podcast because uh, I get a little bogged down when I see how much waste I create just by operating in a city like this yeah once you start to take notice of it it's kind of hard to ignore it yep afterwards now i probably want to preface this by saying like you know anything that i'm talking about is is not you know i'm not sitting here telling people how to run their lives it's not my intention to do that at all in fact i would be very open and honest to say that i didn't really have any kind of environmental interest or anything like that. Those were not the things that sort of led me to this path of cutting down on on how much waste that I create. Mm -hmm. Really, it was kind of a big commercial project that I worked on. I was part of uh, my my company was contracted to do a pretty large installation for the Pan Am Games. And while I was working on that, I got to work with um, some engineers from the team that uh, works on the Chevy Volt, who were the sponsor of this thing. And the installation was all about, you know, making use of renewable power and so forth. And uh, a large component of the installation was um, generating power um, via bicycles that were hooked up. Mm-hmm. Um, so without going into the, like all the nitty gritty details of the installation, I got to know a lot more than I knew previously about just energy in general. And um, from that, I, you know, I kind of got the bug and I started going around and um, I put meters up in my place and I was just like watching how much power that I used. And after a little while, I was like, well, you know, some of this stuff doesn't make sense. Like there's things here that, that are using up power that don't really need to. And, you know, let me just get rid of those at first. But then it became a bit of a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of gamifies the saving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was yeah. looking at it and I was like, wow, that's interesting. How low can I go? <laughs> and, and then from there, you know, I started looking up numbers like how much power does the average person use and thinking like, well, I'm lower than that already. Like, could I do half of that and figuring out how to make that happen? And then as time went on, um, I eventually had my, my shop with my employees that, that worked with me running off of uh, batteries. And uh, <laughs> one day they showed up and I was like, guys, we're, we're basically off the grid here. Like we're, everything we're doing right now is running off these batteries that are set up. And um, it was interesting just seeing like once you make a start, 
and you start bit by bit adding on things that make sense that you can have a significant impact in your your own personal consumption now that was all related to electricity but it all just kind of went from there um little steps just saying like oh do i really need to do this uh, if i use option a rather than option b maybe i have one less piece of garbage and so forth so i you know this has been going on for several years and um so in january i was just kind of curious i was like I haven't really actually been trying that much yeah, <laughs> on this stuff. Been paying attention. Yeah, but, like not, but yeah. in the previous year, like I knew my the amount of waste I was making was fairly low by then. And so I switched um, in January, just thought, okay, you know, those, those few things that, are, that I'm still doing, what if I suspend those for like a month and just see what kind of impact it has? Like, is it really difficult and so forth? And uh, quite frankly, because it was this slow lead up, it really wasn't that hard in January. Yeah, you were ready. Like, yeah, it felt normal already. Yeah, yeah. Like, as I say, it it was never, for me personally, it was never really about like, um, you know, making a stand on issues or or anything like that. I know that probably sounds terrible (laughs) (laughs) because like these are important issues and, you know, people do need to to form opinions and so and take forth. ownership of what they produce. But yeah, it's ways are said than done, and it's not really the the social norm to to care. Really, it's, it's true. It's and yeah. and my circumstance is different from a lot of people as well. I have a lot more freedoms than a lot of people do, and a lot less like the responsibilities that I have don't have that much of an impact on waste creation. Mm-hmm. My responsibilities are things like making strategy and, you know, writing emails and, and things like that. Um, you know, I'm not looking after kids uh, or anything like that. And, you know, all those things, from what I hear from friends, all, all of those things have an impact as well. Yeah, it makes and, it a lot more complicated to even consider trying to be more, like, you're just trying to keep the the kid happy and yeah. healthy, and yeah. <laughs> that's priority one. So I thought what I could do, Brian, if you're up for it, um, I could just kind of share some of the little small tips and tricks that I've done, all of which uh, sort of added up to being able to do a month with no waste. Yeah. Now, when I say no waste, uh, I'll preface that a little bit. It's definitely no plastic. Uh, you know, I, I didn't buy or use anything that came in plastic, but I did buy and use things that came in either glass bottle or a metal tin. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me personally, like that's kind of my dividing line. Um, those things I know can be 100% recycled, whereas plastics, they they have a finite amount of times that they can be recycled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got a big problem now with microplastics, which is when plastics break down to the point where they can't be easily cleaned up or collected and they start finding their way into the digestive systems of our food sources and thus into our digestive systems. And, you know, that's that's probably the most horrifying thing I can think of. (laughs) Um, So avoided that stuff. But definitely used glass bottles, definitely used um, uh, tins, and made sure that those got into the recycling bin. Um, so here's the thing. There's no recycling where I am. 
the building just doesn't have it. But I put those things in a bag, take them to the recycling bin at the park. Yeah. Put them in there, you know? So that's a nice little tip. Pretty easy to do. Yes, you're clanking along with bottles and cans in a backpack, but, uh, and it's maybe a little bit inconvenient. But you know what I find, Brian, is like everything that you think is going to be inconvenient has an upside as well. Because now I'm in the park, right? Yeah. And there's dogs playing and people having a good time and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been there if I'm not taking this small little additional step. So it seems like an inconvenience, but then I wind up having a great time. Yeah. Um, during the summer, one of the most popular posts I did was when I was just sort of following my day and what a typical day looked like. Like tracking it? Yeah. yeah. And I, was t- I took photos through the day. This is about the time that the study came out, um, basically alerting all of us to what things are going to be like if the planet rises three degrees in temperature. Yeah. Um, it took a, you know, there's a lot of science behind this study. And it got picked up by a lot of news sources because it's it's alarming. The doomsday clock is yeah. a real yep. metric. Yep. But what I find is that fear is not a great long-term motivator for people. Because what happens is, like, if, if you become so afraid, you start thinking, well, we're screwed anyway. So what does it matter what I do? You know, and, and for me personally, it isn't really about that. As I say, like my motivation was just to not do things I thought were dumb. <laughs> I just didn't want to feel dumb. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and so like one of my most popular posts that, that I did at that time, I was just kind of like documenting my day to show that living more sustainably, it, it doesn't have to be motivated by fear and it can be very enjoyable and so i tracked my day you know arriving at work on my bicycle which is i personally i find a lot less stressful than being in the transit or god forbid driving a car uh, in the downtown uh you know i get to my work where i'm showing people how to repair things and how to get more use out of the things that they have and that feels pretty good and then you know at lunchtime head over to the open air market that's nearby, pick up my fruits and vegetables, you know, right right out of the stands with no packaging at all. There's also a farmer's market at the park that I would take these to. Take them, uh, chop them up right then and there and drop them into my solar cooker, right? So I've got this cooker from a company called GoSun who basically took those same tubes that they use uh, in solar hot water heaters and turned it into a food cooker. And this little thing, um, I was waiting for them to come out with one that I could easily carry in a backpack. And they finally did, and I jumped on it. It was a couple hundred bucks, but I got this thing. And now, you know, I just can pull that out, drop the food into it, and my food's cooking away from the sun. Now, this thing can go over 400 degrees. Uh, It's definitely able to cook anything that I put in it in about, you know, 20, 25 minutes around there. Um, And so while that's happening, I pull out my little solar panel, right? So I've got this folding solar panel from a company called All Powers. It's like 60 watts. Um, If you're not that familiar with electricity, 60 watts is pretty good, man. Like your your phone is going to charge at about 15 watts. Um, 60 watts can actually charge a smallish laptop. Mm -hmm. And so while my food is cooking, 
whip out the solar panel, unfold it, and now I'm charging my laptop and working away. And you know, up to that point, I haven't used a single resource. Yeah, you know, you just taken from yeah, the sun. Yeah, and I, it'll be charged up enough to take me through the afternoon. And um, you know, so and then uh, I carry a little um, power bank. Nothing special. It's it's a fair sized power bank. It's like uh, twenty eight thousand. Um, um, 28,000 milliamps, right? Mm -hmm. um, so if you think of like a little power bank for your phone, it'd be about maybe the equivalent of about four of those kind of thing. Yeah. But very easy to carry. And I'm charging that at the same time that I'm charging the laptop, and then that's going to take me through the evening on that same laptop. So if the sun is out, I'm really not you know, using any kind of power at all, <laughs> which is amazing, That's right? Incredible. So, and, but the, the, in documenting that stuff, what I was trying to mostly get across is not like that people should be scared or they should feel bad for, for their habits or anything like that. I was just pointing out that like, it's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, like this, yeah, this is a little bit unusual, but it's certainly not oppressive in any way. And I'm out enjoying the nice fresh air. I'm getting my work done. Um, like granted, a lot of my work is computer work. Mm -hmm. So I've got that option. I know a lot of people don't. But the thing is, like you can find, like every person can find their own way of doing these kind of things and what works for them. No, nothing I do is going to be like a one-stop solution for anybody else but i will say that bit by bit i just tried things until i came to this point where for my particular lifestyle i feel like i'm having a lot less harmful impact mm -hmm. i didn't set out for that but by doing things that made sense and and just using my reasoning on things and a little bit of math and a little bit of science you yep, know yep. um be, being like a little bit of a household scientist i kind of reached that point and it does feel kind of good now that said i'm probably a little bit more conscious of it when i do waste things and when i when i create waste unnecessarily it does sort of uh taint the experience for me a little bit yeah you know like after my no waste january and uh i bought a bag of chips it was a dumb thing right but like i bought this bag of chips and i was eating the chips and then i'm like okay so there's almost no health benefits in these chips that i'm eating and this wrapper is gonna probably be microplastics and yeah. uh, i'm just feeling like ah man i'm not gonna beat myself up over it but i am gonna you know i'm conscious of it that's right. In the past, I would have just blown through that without thinking twice. Yep. You know, and I feel like that's that's a problem if we're all just kind of blowing through these decisions without being even conscious of it. And they're designed to be blown through. It's just, you know, yeah. they make it easy for us to access these things. And um, yeah, the, like the, those sensibilities aren't there because no one's really tried to do this kind of no waste thing like and you had a great approach for it you, you wanted to just see if you could do it not to prove a point but to see if you could find uh, joy in doing it yeah and you truly gleaned lots of joy from the experience yeah 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 and i feel like 
I do feel like my motivation for doing it, like like just doing more things that made sense, worked for me because uh, different different times I've mentioned these. Like I don't talk about this stuff a lot, but different times when I've brought it up, one of the things that I encounter a lot is is people will mention that well until big companies start being conscious of these things like nothing that i do as an individual is going to matter because they're they're causing the majority of the problem and um but the thing is like that's i can't really control what a big company is going to do you know <laughs> good that's, point that's not my motivation for it it's like okay well they're going to do that they're going to they're going to do it but i can control me yeah and do i want to take my lead from some faceless companies that's just not how i want to live no so i'm not going to let somebody else dictate my actions to me like that um they they'll do what they're going to do and i'm going to do what i'm going to do and um you know it, it's really unfortunate if companies don't uh look at people who are sincerely trying to cut down and realize the opportunity of working with those people uh, because there's a huge opportunity like green tech is is massive right yep. now and some companies are going to benefit enormously from embracing it some are going to go out of business by not embracing it but whether whether that happens or not like at a personal level i just don't want to feel dumb yeah right like and boxed into like a line of behavior just because of you know if everyone else and if the big yeah big entities are doing it yeah like yeah that's a really good point yeah. like why should it change yeah your perception or approach to to life and, yeah and the the other thing about it is like you really don't know when you're starting out with something like that what your impact ultimately will be like it's easy to say nothing's going to change until big companies take notice but you really can't say with certainty what your impact as an individual is going to be until you've started making some steps. So, so here's an example. Uh, during the summer, we were teaching kids programs. And uh, one of the groups that I had is called the uh, Inventioneers. Mm -hmm. uh, really cool program, you know. So, so it's a very um, physical kind of program to run in the makerspace. And we use a lot of tools and things like that. And um, so these are these are like maybe 10 year olds, eight to 10 year olds around there. And um, because I've learned a lot about solar power and I've learned a lot about energy, we did amazing stuff. So we took the uh, we took the hub motor from my e-bike and we uh, disassembled it together and looked in all the parts of the thing. And, you know, so now we learned about how magnets work and how motors like that all run off of magnetic forces and so forth. And then, you know, out of that, we also learned things like, how does a multimeter work? And start to get a bit of an understanding and I could quiz them and say like, oh, how much power does this thing use or that thing use? And they've got a pretty good idea of it. And then we actually head outside with the solar panel and use that multimeter to see how much power we could get from the sun uh, in different conditions. So we'd move it into a shadow and out of a shadow and compare the readings and say, okay, all right, well, we're in the sun. 
what could we power with it now? And they'll say, oh, laptop or Nintendo or something <laughs> like that. We move it out of there and they'll say, well, we've got less power now. Um, so, you know, is it still useful, guys? Like, what could we do with it? And they're like, well, yeah, we could still like charge a phone or charge a flashlight battery or things like that. And it gets them thinking and it gets them understanding how resources work. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the reason why it influenced my my teaching and you know what I'm showing these kids is because it's what I'm into but I wouldn't have been into it if I hadn't kind of set out on this this path from that first big installation um, to to where I was at in the summer yeah and you know it hasn't harmed me in the slightest learning about these things and you know, and now the 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 impact of that is bigger than what I would have expected it to be. When I was working on the Pan Am Games, I certainly would not have pictured that I would one day be, you know, teaching kids, impressionable kids, about how power works and how to conserve energy and alternative energy forms. The big, yeah sudden surprise but like it really fed into like in like from the experience like yeah Yeah. so a few other um oh man i I said i was gonna mention some tips i should get a few more across yeah let's fire off some Um, tips yeah i mean a big thing for me was fridge size right oh oh, yeah so i used to have this big honking fridge and uh then i cut it down to like a small fridge that use now fridge doesn't use all that much power but a small fridge uses even less power and the less that i access that small fridge the less power it uses but i discovered a funny thing it's like the smaller my fridge is the more i am likely to eat fresh fruits and vegetables because yeah they gotta get eaten <laughs> that's it just, yeah they're not, that's it yeah don't have a crisper you just eat. yep and because of that i'm making more trips to buy those fruits and vegetables and if i'm doing that well i might as well buy it from a farmer's market or a local source or an open-air market because i'm going to eat them by the next day anyway yeah <laughs> you yeah. know so it's like one thing leads to another like that another thing that i made a lot of use of is the bulk barn I got to give them props um, because they've got this program where you can bring in your own containers and they will quickly weigh those containers up. Then you go get whatever that you need. If you think about it, Brian, like like those dried goods are the most efficient food source you can have. Like uh, give me some examples. Uh. So sure. So, um, okay. Let, let's think of the classic one, your dried bean. Dried bean. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like beans are packed with nutrition. They weigh very little to carry around. They don't take up that much space because the water is being like dried out of them mm-hmm. and you reconstitute them with the water back in. Uh, they haven't been exposed to high heat or anything like that. So they've preserved all of the fibers that are inside of them. And so, you know, this, this simple process of like removing the water from a thing is one of the best preservation methods that we have and requires no power. I don't need to put any of those things in a fridge. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> so, so like as food sources go, those dried goods are extremely high value. Uh, they're also pretty inexpensive. Yeah. And if I can get them in a reusable container so that they don't, I'm not generating packaging. 
well, that's, that's like a big cornerstone of the way that I'm doing things. And, um, you know, for, for me, it's again, pretty convenient because I can carry a lot of that kind of stuff. Like I can carry a month's worth of that stuff just on my bicycle. Yeah. Try doing that with Costco, you know, like you need a car, <laughs> you yeah. need a minivan yeah. to do that kind of a trip. Um, and you know, so, so I don't really have to do that anymore. It does mean that I changed my eating habits a little bit, like slowly over mm -hmm. time. But probably for the better in a way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I saw some really interesting information. Um, I was reading some books um, from the library at the CSI, uh, the Center for Social Innovation. Mm -hmm. And um, there were books in there uh, that were showing a direct correlation between the size of refrigerators and the amount of waste that Americans were comfortable with. And the larger that the refrigerators got, the more comfortable they got with waste being generated, which is a really interesting number, right? Mm -hmm. If you think of like the time just before refrigeration became really popular, like you had to think a lot more about your food sources because you couldn't count on it going into that dark cold cavern yeah and sitting there until For later yeah <laughs> which later never comes quite yeah. often <laughs> right yeah. you know um so so that's not that long ago like like this kind of technologies haven't been with us that long and everything they were doing prior to that is still available to us and even easier, like picking up dried goods. And, you know, we, we've never had more variety in the things that we can get our hands on. Yeah. Yeah. So the dried, dried goods was a pretty big thing and allowed me to not generate any waste with that. Yeah. Um, picking up things like olive oils and so forth. And I, I don't really cook with, with oils, mm -hmm. but I'll definitely add them to things after I've cooked them. Um, just to give that that texture uh, to it and mm -hmm. a little bit of flavor to it, that helped a lot as well because these are thankfully are things that well you've got a choice right because you can pick them up in the plastic bottle, mm -hmm. but most of these things are also available in a glass bottle, and you might pay you know ten cents more or fifteen cents more, but then you didn't generate a piece of waste yeah. right you, you've got this reusable bottle so that was a big thing. Um, yeah, and as I mentioned, like the e-bike is just like a game changer for me. I've had that for a few years now. You know, that that's so, so helpful for me because like I can pedal it anytime. But if I'm tired and not quite feeling it, <laughs> riding a bike to wherever I got to go, yeah. I've got that battery in there that I can just like kick in a little bit. To, and, and so I find, you know, I've rarely got a reason to not use the bike. Right. Which is... You know, it's pop bikes are popular in the downtown and like just getting more and more popular. I think a lot of people are realizing that it's a big stress reliever. Yeah. Although you may take your life in your hands uh, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Torontonians are still figuring out what a bike lane is. So. Right. Yeah, they are. And yeah. Anytime I've been knocked off my bike by a car, though, they're going so slow. Yeah. That I'm like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm well, you, like, you're yeah. pretty active, uh, Brian. I like you, active. you're outdoors a lot. Like I feel like a lot of this stuff would appeal to your lifestyle, 
Very much so. Like, uh, like for example, I go to a skate park that's outdoors, and in the winter time, they've shut off the water, and there's nowhere to get food except for Tim Hortons. So, so I'm sitting out there under this, you know, bridge in the East End, and I have like a jar of food because I can't, I can't skate without like eating some stuff. And uh, I yeah, can't, you shouldn't. <laughs> shouldn't. It's not safe. And like, uh, so like, got my my jar of like, it's just rice and sweet potatoes and beans, maybe. Like, yeah. I may have microwaved it if I was lazy, but it's like. You know, bringing that and having like this, you know, rich food, yeah. and then bringing my own water, and then spending no money. Right, it's man. pretty empowering, and I'm having yeah. a blast doing this activity I love. And then I bike home. Yeah, um, I mean, you're you're an artist, Brian. That's right. Yeah, and um, like in a couple of senses, uh, you're you're like a performance artist, you're a music artist. Then you've got this technology side that you incorporate into your art. Uh, for, for myself as well, like I graduated from digital media arts. It was an arts program that I went to. I think if you're living the lifestyle of the artist, you really have to consider your freedom in the choices that you make, mm-hmm. right? Because to have creative freedom in your projects, you, you have to not get locked down too much in the rat race. Yeah. You know, it, it becomes harder and harder to walk away from that. And so I, I love what you're saying, right? Because like, this is something that you can do, like preparing your own foods and bring them with you. And yeah, you know, like, I, I'm not even going to say it takes more effort. It just takes a different effort. But then like every little dollar that you save on that is a dollar invested in your creative freedom. That's a great, great analogy, great metric for like time is money, like is a very burnt out saying, but when it's like time is freedom to do cool stuff. Right. Right. Like a dollar saved is like cool stuff. It's like that's that's a very appealing thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that I think, again, you know, not preaching at anybody, but I often think that like having a lot of resources is not what leads to resourcefulness, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, total It's sense. like when you have constraints, every artist I ever worked with, and this goes from uh, UX designers right to the fine arts, every artist that I've ever worked with benefited from having some constraints on them. So, for example, if you go to some, uh, like, say, a UX designer, and you ask them to design an app or design a website, and they say, okay, you know what, give me some input. Like, what do you want it to be? What they're really asking for is some constraints. Mm-hmm. And if you say to them, oh, use your best judgment, whatever, just, just go for it. Just go nuts. Yeah. They're going to hate that, yeah. <laughs> you know, because like you've given them nothing to work with. You've given them no constraints to work under. And, you know, when you, when you start looking at your own lifestyle and putting some constraints on it, suddenly you have this sort of like creative resurgence where it's like, all right, as an example, like I spent two weeks, um, uh, like two summers ago, just trying to do everything off my little power banks, like everything. That's so cool. And I was like, is it possible? Can I do this? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it turned out it was, and I had to make some, some changes, but fetching my power in those power banks and just using that, I was able to do it. Yeah. I did another one where uh, I put a limiter on my e-bike and I couldn't go over 15 kilometers an hour, right? right. <laughs> Which is basically the same speed of horse and buggy. Okay. Right? And I was like, can I get by this slow? 
it's just curious, you know, like thinking. And, and as I was doing it, I was thinking like, well, how did they used to live like 200 years ago? And this was the pace. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just an experience that sort of opens up your horizons. And these are things that people don't typically do to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but like hey, as an artist, an artist kind of craves these type of hardships if that makes sense I don't, yeah. I don't know if i'm staying it the right way i totally get what you're saying like but yeah, these yeah. constraints can like unlock like uh like you know untold possibilities yeah. or just new head spaces sure yeah and i've worked with a lot of uh, marketing people and a popular phrase that's gone around is like disrupt yourself before others do it to you right Whoa. now they're often talking about like business strategy and you hear this phrase around startups and things like that. And they'll say, oh, what are you disrupting in order to be in business here? Mm -hmm. But if you take it on a personal level, disrupting yourself, it just makes you more resourceful mm -hmm. and it makes you better ready to deal with change. And, you know, quite often I think like that's the kind of resourcefulness people are going to need uh, moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, can we can we dabble with that now in these fairly safe, fairly prosperous conditions that we've got um, in order to better learn about ourselves and and better equip ourselves for the future? Mm -hmm. um, that's as close as I'm going to come to being preachy on uh, tech drops. <laughs> and, uh, you know, certainly no intention to, this, this may be a little heavier subject than we usually get into, um, but valid. You know, I, I hear people having these conversations every day in the makerspace. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of people who come out, like, they are deliberately there to learn how to make better use of the things they have or how to repair their own clothes or, you know, fix a motor because they just don't want to throw out something. Uh, we got the tool library there and people can come in and use tools without even having to own them. We have like a soap refill station. So we're kind of doing the same thing bulk burn does, but for these, these environmentally friendly soaps, mm -hmm. you know, so these are all efforts that, that people are doing and they just sort of show an alternative way uh, to the approach that we just might have gotten used to and don't really think about that much anymore. Yeah. And it's like, and that's worth disrupting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, so that's, you know, I, I, I definitely have a whole bag full of tips uh, for anybody who's wanting to, to do this kind of thing. We got through a few of them, the ones that I consider like some of the big ones. Yeah. Um, I hope we revisit some tips in, in future casts. Like, I feel like that could be an appropriate thing to touch base on. I mean, oh, we can. Yeah. You know, if um, if people are interested in this and they want to hear more, then hey, I'm I'm more than happy to blab on about uh, <laughs> some of the crazy things I've tried. Um, and uh, you know, it makes me happy. And um, I, I appreciate you uh, hearing me out on this too, Brian. Um, we we've chatted about this stuff before, and we can definitely use the media skills that we have for getting some of this information out. Yeah. Keep that conversation going. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, so uh, we'll wind it up there, folks. Uh, hopefully we've given you something to think about. Remember, if you're listening to Tech Drops on Anchor FM uh, and you've got the app installed on your phone, you have the option of reaching out to us and asking a question. So if you just hit that button in the app, 
You can record a question for Tech Drops or a comment. Uh, if it's kudos, that's great. If it's mean, we'll probably survive. <laughs> <laughs> Roast us. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we'd love to hear from anybody who's a listener of the show. And uh, we look forward to your comments and your questions. And we hope you keep tuning in to Tech Drops and you know that you found uh, this episode thought-provoking. That's what we were shooting for on this one. Absolutely. So for myself, Timbot, I'll say goodbye until the next one. And Brian? Adieu. All right, folks. Take care now. <laughs>